Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast, season 2, episode 15. My name is Yuri Bilast, I'm your podcast host and today I'm very excited to be joined by Karen. Hi Karen, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited too because, you know, all these different conversations with people from the web free space, it's really exciting to me. I learn everything, something new. So guys, if you don't know Karen, Karen is also known as the blockchain babe, but her full name is Karen Shidlow and she's CMO at Fiat24. And actually she's a marketing and UX design pro. She's inspired by how DeFi can address many of the flaws in the existing financial systems and how blockchain technology will revolutionize uh, the roles of banks and users. She's in Zurich at this moment, and that is since 2014. And she has been working content marketing, visual and graphic design, art direction for a diverse range of agencies, luxury brands, and even a spin-off in the biotech sector. So, Karen, welcome to the show. So, as I said already, you know, you are also are passionate about Web3. But what are your thoughts on the current state of the web? Let's begin with that. Uh, so, the current state of the web, well, I see that there are a lot of problems. I see, for example, with Elon Musk and his takeover of Twitter, it kind of sheds light a light on all of the problems that a lot of people have experienced so far with Twitter. Maybe one example is to look at the famous Donald Trump. When they didn't like the content that he was sharing, he was effectively cancelled and blocked and Mm -hmm. removed from Twitter. But we see that all of these big corporations, they hold our data, they have a lot of power over our content. So we all like to think that we're content creators, but we're definitely not content owners. And for me, what's so exciting about Web3 is that I think that there is a potential for a new iteration of the web, which is a long time coming, because actually we haven't really had a lot of great new innovation in the internet or the web or our digital lives for quite a while. So the great thing and exciting thing is about letting users own their own data, not the corporations. Also, the possibility of making global digital transactions that are more secure. And to think about an online exchange of information where value and information are decentralized. So that's really what excites me, I have to say. Yeah. And another thing about Web3, of course, what I find is the, the strong community aspect that is there. Not only the people that I meet that are in Web3, they are very open, but also the fact how you can organize your communities, uh, all the the possibilities around that. What are your thoughts on the communities within Web3, uh, Karen? I definitely think that communities are at the core of Web3. So for now, I think Web3 is still quite nascent. Um, If you ask the average person on the street, Web3, they probably wouldn't know what it means. So I think really at the heart of Web3, the people who are in the space right now, we're not so many. I mean, if we look on a global scale, so definitely the way that we can all share our knowledge, 
share what we're building, learn from each other, and start to create something is through community. And I think it's so important. So whereas before, especially coming from marketing, I guess a lot of important information was really shared through platforms like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. But now I would have to say the new base or community area for web three crypto and blockchain people really lives in discord and also twitter and telegram so i think that those channels are really important for web three communities yeah that's the three that i always hear all the time but i also hear from people that are a bit skeptical is about all the scams, the imposters that exist. What do you tell to those people if they talk about that? Well, for sure, in every sector, there are scam, maybe projects or people doing bad things or also a lot of bad press, but it's just the nature of any industry. I think in the crypto space, as we've all seen in the news recently with FTX, Yeah, crypto has seen quite a tumultuous year in 2022, not only because of the bear market, but also with a lot of different news stories breaking up, giving it bad press. And I feel like it's really a big shame because I know that there are a lot of companies out there working really hard to make really legitimate and regulated businesses to offer people like a new way of handling their finances or a new way of you know, having more control in their digital lives. So every time that there's bad news, it's really a pity. But I think Mm -hmm. for the people who continue to build in Web3 and the people who don't let it, you know, affect us and we just keep going and the people who are really interested in accepting regulation, then I think for us, we will be the leaders. When the mainstream is ready to adopt Web3, we're going to be at the forefront. That's, Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah, tell us a bit about uh, the company that you work for. You are the same what Fiat24. So it's yeah. Web3 company. Why? What are you doing with the business and why are you in Web3? Yeah, so at Fiat24, we our motto is that we are committed to revolutionizing the way that banks operate. So it was founded by a couple of ex-bankers, traditional bankers, who maybe got a little bit disillusioned with traditional finance and who saw an opportunity in the crypto and the blockchain space already since 2017. So at Fiat24, we are not purely DeFi, we're CDFI. So we work closely with the Swiss financial regulator, which is called FINMA. Mm-hmm. And we have a fintech license, which is kind of like a banking light license, which allows us to take cash deposits. And we say that we are Web3 ready because in order to connect to our services, the clients have to mint our NFT and connect their wallet. So essentially what we offer is we extend your crypto wallet to be e-banking services. So when you access our dashboard, you can top up your account using both fiat money and crypto. You can easily off-ramp to the bank wire to the bank of your choice. And you can also do peer-to-peer payments, Forex, crypto exchange. Everything happens directly on the blockchain. It's instantaneous and everything is powered by smart contracts. Wow, yeah. So your audience are already people that are already 
you know, they have crypto and they are looking for, let's say, a more, more viable solution around them. Mm-hmm. But how do you target those people with your marketing? You mentioned already some Web3 platforms, or are you still using the traditional Web2 platforms to, well, for your audience? A- Mm-hmm. It's a healthy mix. So I think that a lot of the Web3 crypto blockchain people, they still get a lot of their information from, for example, YouTube and TikTok. There are a lot of crypto people making content there. And then also, as I said, crypto Twitter is extremely powerful. And it's a good way to reach a lot of really relevant people, people who are like hardcore crypto players, DeFi players. We also are very active on Discord. And I think in general, we have, yeah, quite a good mix between maybe like Web3 and also Web2, a mix of these kind of strategies and a way of approaching these people. And finally, we also have in Zurich, in Switzerland, we also run a meetup group, which is uh, for the people that live in the crypto valley and we do monthly meetups talking about different topics related to web3 so that we can all have a chance to learn make friends have a beer after work and yeah just to bring everyone together yeah so those are really physical meetups which is always the best to connect of course but i Mm -hmm. guess you know with these changes and the world it's like i am since covid so i am so connected online more than before i meet people online i also see that you are active you know you you are doing lives i think on linkedin or on twitter spaces i saw somewhere is that also a way that you uh, are doing for the business to connect with your audience with this live stream for sure i think twitter spaces have become increasingly popular but especially in the crypto space Every day you can find like just lists and lists full of Twitter spaces. And I think the reason why people like it is because this industry is moving so quickly. Every day there's an update and every week there's like a lot of news coming out and new trends. So it's kind of an easy way to join in like a live experience. It's not too much commitment. You can just plug in and listen to Twitter spaces. And also on LinkedIn, I think is quite valuable because I think that a lot of people that I am connected with on LinkedIn are also very interested in the metaverse and Web3. And I think there's also a lot of super relevant people on LinkedIn. And also LinkedIn Live is also becoming more and more popular. I think it's another easy way for people to just tune in and get knowledge really quickly. In some LinkedIn Lives, people also accept the Q&A at the end. So it's a way to join the live conversation. So they're both powerful. Right. Yeah. And the fact that people can ask their question, you know, it, it's not like real life, but it's a way to connect with people because you're the voice. And uh, since the audio apps came, that has something magical, you know, hearing voice of people and not only see their profiles. You also mentioned the word metaverse. At this moment, I'm organizing actually events for a Discord community in the metaverse to meet. It's the next best thing than meeting, for instance, you know, in real life. It's also a bit different than Zoom. Is the metaverse something perhaps out of personal interest or perhaps for your for your company? Is something that you are looking at? Yeah, so at Fiat24, we have our own metaverse. At the moment, it's not our main focus, but it does exist. And the goal is that it will be a place for companies and brands to 
show off, to be able to own a piece of land, and maybe even to sell their tokens directly with the Fiat24 app. Personally speaking, I am so interested in the metaverse. I've seen so many really big companies show a lot of interest. For example, Ernst & Young, I mm -hmm. attended an event earlier this year, and They said that they are going to start doing their recruiting process in Decentraland, which is okay. wild. And I think in general, the metaverse is exciting. I have dipped my toes into a few different ones, like the big ones, like Decentraland and Sandbox. But for now, I think like a lot of people, maybe I feel a little bit let down because it's just not there yet. But I think we just have to wait. But for sure, like after the COVID pandemic, we've all been more used to communicating online. Sometimes we've even worked with people for a year and we haven't never met them in real life. So I think the metaverse could be a wonderful alternative because I think, yeah, maybe it's a way that we can communicate and have meetings, but also have like a more spatial experience. So I'm excited about it. I think we just have to wait a little bit. Yeah, it's still, the metaverse is really early, you know, on the garden hype cycle. Uh, I have actually, I'm using spatial. I have my penthouse in spatial. It's more metaverse that is like real life. It's more, uh, but every metaverse I think has its, characteristics. Actually, I had um, Giovanna from the Central Land of one of the first podcast episodes of the second season. They are organizing a fashion week in the metaverse. Ernst and Young. Yeah, I met people from Ernst Young at an event here in Belgium and actually they were talking about the metaverse too. They are looking into that, but it's still <laughs> early everywhere. So yeah, lots of opportunities, but still a lot of work to do to get people, you know, onto that. It's like with social media in the beginning, no one was on Facebook. And then now lots of people are on Facebook and they're, they're now looking at Facebook with an eye like, okay, do we want them to use our data and so on? But probably also Web3 has its challenges for your company. What are some of the challenges that you are seeing, meeting and how, what do you do to, yeah, to find solutions for them? Well, I think that one of the big things is that some of the barriers that are surrounding, you know, the problem of onboarding more and more users into Web3. And mm -hmm. if I could highlight some of those is the first one, which is quite obvious, is that are the technical challenges, because I think it's not as simple as maybe opening your phone and then going to the app store and downloading an application or relying on a third party to give you, you know, your username and help you to onboard you with a password and email and knowing that you have a recovery system in place. So I think the technical barrier is quite big still. Even if we think about wallets and the issue of having the seed phrase, that's quite an issue. Um, with Fiat24, we do try to make it as simple as possible and seamless. However, it still requires that you have a wallet, that you have some crypto and you have some basic knowledge. So I guess for now, one challenge we could say is that for now, I would say the Web3 space is not massive. You know, I think there's increasing interest in What is DeFi? What is Web3 and cryptocurrencies? But in terms of putting it all together and making an offer that, you know, your average Joe on the street could easily adopt and make a start, it's still a long way to go, not just for us, but for many other companies. Yeah, 
Indeed, it depends. If you are going to a Web3 event and you only meet people that are in a space, it's different. But when you talk to someone on the street, they wouldn't know what you're talking about, you know. Yeah. Uh, also, what I like the concept is the concept of digital identity in Web3 and the Web3 domain names where you can use your identity or you can use instead of this complicated uh, wallet uh, number and characters you can use your your uh, digital identity or your dot eat address or a dot nft is that also something that did uh, you see as a good solution this digital identity yeah i think digital identities are important i've also been reading about soulbound tokens which is also quite interesting and was proposed by vitalik Mm-hmm. In general, I think if I can touch on NFTs, I think they will radically change in 2023 and coming in the years ahead because NFTs really have the power to also capture all of our identities. They're non-fungible. So you are you and I me, it's unique. And I think they have a lot of potential to store all of our data and to be used, like you said, for us to be able to access DeFi or Web3 products and services without maybe having this friction of, you know, what we currently have seen is a friction in the user experience. So I think definitely. Yeah, I see also a lot of opportunities with NFTs on the different kinds of businesses. When when someone asks me about Web3, I take NFTs as an example, not about crypto, because people see crypto as like trading or like losing money or they don't trust it. But NFTs, it's something they can understand. And then if I explain that it's not purely a kind of design, which is of course also important, I think that the design is not bad, but the utilities linked uh, to those NFTs, the smart contracts, so that I think is really uh, something big. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I also see is that communities are linked to these NFTs, to token gators communities. Is that also a trend that you are seeing, that communities are token gated? I've seen it a little bit. I'm not sure if I really am so much in favor of it. For example, Gary V. Mm-hmm. He has Gary V friends, I think it's called. Yeah. In a way I don't really like it because I think that the communities should really just be open and public for anyone who has an interest. I don't think you need to like force people into some kind of membership. But I guess it's some kind of business model. We also saw recently that Starbucks is digitalizing their membership and their subscriptions and all of the opportunities that comes with having a Starbucks card, they're going to make it digitalized and with NFTs, you know, I think if you're loyal to a brand and there's value for the customer, it's good. But I think in general that the space should really just be open to everyone without asking too much in return. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at, because Web3, it's an umbrella term for lots of things. What is the thing within Web3 that you find the most fascinating or exciting? I think you mentioned it, but I'm curious what you will say. Yeah, well, I think 
Um, I really align with what the Web3 Foundation puts as their mission. And it's really about creating a decentralized and fair internet where you users really control their own data. I mean, if you think about a powerhouse like, for example, Google, we use it so much in our daily lives, right? Like there's Gmail and Google Meets and Google Maps. And if you just think like, how much do they know about us and how much control or power do they have over our data, you know? Also, not just that, if, like I said before, if they decide to suddenly shut down a service or if something goes down for maintenance reasons or something gets broken, you just have essentially lost everything. So I think we're putting too much power in the hands of these global corporations, which I just don't think we should be. So I think if there's an opportunity that people can have the, a digital identity where you have more control and more ownership, then that would be the yeah. situation. I also think because I have, you know, I am pivoting from Web 2 to Web 3 with my clients and I have clients that are using Web 2 and like Google Ads or Facebook Ads. Sometimes it's really working well for them, but then suddenly for no reason at all, the account is like suspended or even deleted and you cannot like easy contact those companies and you try to have discussion with them it's just like from one day on the other they can just delete your account or lock Mm -hmm. it and that's not a comfortable position to be in so uh, yeah yeah, I, i agree with you there's a lot of opportunity so Karen, for people that like this episode and that want also to follow one of your Twitter spaces or LinkedIn lives or, uh, or follow you on social media, where, uh, where would you like to send them? Um, I would invite everyone to join our Twitter to follow us because we always try to organize great Twitter spaces. And apart from that, we're also really active on Discord and our Telegram group. So if you want to talk to real people and have conversations and network, then for sure our Discord and Telegram are great places to join. Okay, I for sure put them in the show notes because we will have also an article related to the podcast. So thank you, Karen. It was so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So guys, if you are listening to this episode and you, yeah, it gave you some inspiration or some ideas and you think also that this can be useful information for people around you, be sure to share this podcast episode with them. If you think they are interested in DeFi, be sure to follow Karen and all our Twitter spaces and, and presence on social media. It's an interesting world, Web3, so we should all you know, be connected and help each other. And of course, I would also love to see you back for the next podcast episode. Bye. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you on web3.net. The link is also in the podcast description. And also be sure to check out our NFTs on cmo-stories.uncut.fm. And of course, if you like to be connected with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Just find me with my username, Yuri Belast. And of course, I hope to see you back for the next podcast episode. Take care.